your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 477 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today, going to finally get to an episode that I've been looking to get to for at least a couple of weeks now, I would say. And it's going to be a look at uh, a potentially way too early look at some early season trade targets for the New York Rangers. And I realize I should probably preface the entire episode by acknowledging that I realize this isn't exactly hot stove season, quote unquote. Uh, We are not even a quarter of the way through the season after all. And I think most teams in the NHL, even if they're off to rough starts, even if their record isn't what they'd like it to be, most of those teams are still not ready to kind of just punt on their season and, uh, you know, trade away all their veterans for future assets. But with that said, I think there's a couple of teams that are pretty much cooked. Uh, I mean, you can look at the Coyotes, for example, the Blackhawks, maybe the Kraken. I don't see these teams having some kind of remarkable turnaround and, uh, you know, going on a Stanley Cup run here. But, you know, with all that said, I think teams are always still at least somewhat open for business. So I think it makes sense for us to take a look at some potential Ranger trade targets, especially with Chris Jury recently uh, basically admitting that he's looking to add a middle six forward for the New York Rangers. And it's easy to see why. I mean, first of all, this team is down some scoring. And we're going to get into where the Rangers rank in the NHL and some key statistics in just a second here to kind of uh, paint the full picture for you guys. But without even diving into the stats, we know that Pavel Buchnevich is no longer here. We know that Vitaly Kravtsov had everything that happened to him happened to him, and he's now uh, playing in the KHL. Who knows if he'll ever play another game for the New York Rangers. Uh, Colin Blackwell, I mean, not as big of a loss as Buchnevich, but somebody that chipped in for some scoring last season. And to go back to the start of last season, it feels like an eternity ago, but as recently as the start of last season, Tony D'Angelo was on this team as well. And obviously he chipped in offensively uh, for the Rangers, as did a lot of these players that I just mentioned here. So I think you're kind of sensing a theme here that the Rangers are down some scoring, and that's probably what we're going to look for as I lay out some potential trade targets for the New York Rangers. Uh, Before I do that, though, like I said just a minute ago, I wanted to go ahead and kind of just go through the stats, where the Rangers rank in the league, what's kind of surprising, what's not so surprising, and uh, just kind of see, like I said, where the blue shirts stack up against their peers in the NHL. Now, for starters, uh, you've got goals per game. The Rangers have scored a total of only 2.65 goals per game this season. They've actually been outscored by their opponents, and they've allowed 2.75 goals per game this season. We'll get to that in a second as well. But yeah, I think that's maybe one of the biggest surprises coming into the season. You know, you of course, you, you're aware of some of the players that the Rangers have lost, but you're kind of counting on some younger players to step up. And I just don't think that at this point in the season, we thought the Rangers would be 22nd in the league in goals per game. That is pretty surprising any way you slice it. Now, I realize recently uh, they've picked it up a little bit. They've started to score some goals. And uh, for some total context here, this episode is being recorded on Sunday morning. So it is before the Rangers play the game against the Buffalo Sabres. But with the lone exception being this last game against the, the Leafs, the Rangers have certainly picked it up in the scoring department. And I do eventually expect that number to jump, but the bottom line is right now, uh, just not scoring enough goals and 22nd in the league. There's too much talent on this team to be 22nd in the league. And with that said, if the Rangers want to look to add some help, 
via trade as far as scoring goes. Uh, I definitely think that uh, that's an avenue that they could look to go down, so we will get to that in just a second. But I just wanted to, like I said, give some context about where they currently stand right now before we start targeting players around this league left and right and say, trade for this guy, trade for that guy. Let's see where the Rangers rank in, in everything uh, relevant in the league right now. And uh, as I just mentioned, they have allowed... 2.76 goals per game. That is actually the 11th best in the NHL. That obviously has a lot to do with Igor Shesterkin, but it is nice to know that the Rangers can win some of these low-scoring, grinded-out games as they have thus far this season. Uh, the Rangers also are 14th in the NHL in power play efficiency. That number has kind of crept up. They have converted on 19.6% of their chances. So it's a far cry from where they were early in the season where, you know, for the first couple of weeks, they were like bottom five in the power play. Obviously, they're improving there and they're getting that unit back to about where it should be. I, I think at the end of the season, the Rangers, there's no reason why they shouldn't be, you know, a top 10 power play unit, given all the talent that they have on this team. And, uh, you know, given that you can throw out a power play unit of, Fox and Panarin and Mika and Kreider and Strom. I mean, that is about as good as any team has in the NHL. So that number should continue to rise, in my opinion. But if you can find somebody that can maybe jump onto the second power play unit, maybe give them a little bit of a boost, I'm all for that as well. Uh, like I said, the theme here is I think the Rangers are going to target more scoring. And as I lay out the Ranger potential trade targets, that's kind of the theme that we're going to go with for the most part is guys that can put the puck in the net. Uh, also, again, just to kind of continue going through these stats here, the Rangers right now in the penalty kill are 22nd in the league. Uh, they've killed off 78% of the power plays that they have faced, which is kind of surprising to me. I thought they'd be better than 22nd in the league. I think what's happened here is the Rangers have really gone through some peaks and valleys as far as their PK is concerned. Uh, brutal opening night against the Capitals, giving up three power play goals, and then they went on kind of a hot streak, and then the Oilers got them, and they kind of went through a slump, and they've been in a little bit of a slump recently as well. Uh, I believe the Leafs scored at least, yeah, they definitely did. They scored at least one of their goals on the power play, and I think that was the only power play that they got. So uh, I expect that number to climb as well eventually this season. If there's somebody that the Rangers can trade for that can help on the PK, I mean, that's cool too. Never hurts, obviously, but I think the Rangers have a lot of good penalty killers, so I don't think we're going to necessarily be targeting somebody uh, in that respect. Um, this one really stood out to me, and this is the one of the two last stats that I have. Shots on goal per game. Now, I realize shots on goal aren't everything. There's people that live and die by that stat and just believe that if you take more shots than your opponent, that you deserve to win the game, which is not always true. Sometimes it is quality over quantity. Uh, but the bottom line, the Rangers on shots on goal per game are 30th with just 28.1 per game. Now, again, shots on goal are not everything, but 30th out of 32 is still 30th out of 32. So I think it behooves the Rangers to get somebody that's a little bit of a sniper and somebody that's willing to just cut it loose, throw the puck on the net when in doubt. You know, shoot first, ask questions later, kind of a player mentality uh, as far as somebody that the Rangers, I believe, could target. And we'll get into that in a second as well. Uh, again, just wanted to take inventory here. And the last stat that I wanted to bring up is face-offs. The Rangers to what should be the surprise of absolutely no one, are 31st out of 32 teams in the face-off de department. They have succeeded in just 45.7% of their draws this season. And again, this should not be surprising to anybody because the Rangers did basically nothing to address this issue in the offseason. And the one guy that might be able to help the Rangers in this department, who is new to the team this year, is Barclay Goodrow. And for the most part, he hasn't played center. He's been on the wing more than he's been at center. Uh, when Hedl was out, he was the third-line center for at least some time, but for the most part, he's been on the wing for the Rangers this season. And to be fair, I do have to point this out as well, uh, Goudreau has only won 46% of his draws this year. He's taken 100%. 
134 faceoffs. But for his career, still has a success rate of 51.6%, which is better than anybody else on the Rangers. And just to further illustrate my point this year, Mika Zibanejad is at 48% on the faceoff. Strom is at just 42. Uh, Kevin Rooney is at 50%. He's 66 and 65. So we've actually got somebody on this team who has won more faceoffs than he's lost. So that's obviously nice to see. Uh, but then you've got Philip Hedl. He's at 41%. So basically no one on this team can win a faceoff and they've continued to struggle in that department. So uh, as we target some potential trade options for the Rangers, that's something that we're going to keep in mind. Maybe a center that could come in and uh, win a couple of faceoffs. It's not going to be the end-all be-all, but it's bonus points for any uh, potential trade target who can come in and win faceoffs. And uh, I also just wanted to kind of do this segment just to kind of, like I said, take inventory and see where the Rangers match up against other teams in the NHL. Uh, we're far enough into the season approaching the quarter point that I think it's appropriate to do that. Just kind of see how they stack up, where have they kind of exceeded expectations, where have they struggled a little bit, and where can they stand to improve if they indeed go down the trade road here and if Drury indeed makes good on uh, his mission to bring in a top six forward to this team, or excuse me, a middle six forward. That was how uh, it's been worded. He's looking for a middle six forward. And we'll continue talking about all this in just a second. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats, and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Bilt Bar, or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for you when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, then go for a Built Bar or two. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, and just want to go ahead and thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, let's go ahead and look at some of these trade candidates now with no further ado. And I'm going to start with one that's been out there for quite some time. you got to figure he's going to be traded at some point this season. Uh, somebody whose name a lot of you have probably heard as well, and that's going to be Phil Kessel of the Arizona Coyotes, 34 years old. In 18 games this season, he's got three goals and six assists. He is in the last year of his deal, and he carries a cap hit of $6.8 million. And let me just say right from the start here, the only reason that I would even consider bringing in Phil Kessel if I'm the New York Rangers is due to the very simple fact that he is indeed in the last year of his contract. He will be an unrestricted free agent when the season ends because the idea of being stuck with Phil Kessel for $6.8 million next year is kind of horrifying to me. I just feel like there's much, much better ways to spend $6.8 million than keeping uh, a then 35-year-old Phil Kessel in the fold. Uh, but the fact that he would just be a rental makes me at least somewhat open to it. But if you guys can't tell already, I'm not as high on Phil Kessel 
as some others seem to be, and I'm not even just talking about Ranger fans, but hockey fans in general, it seems like there's just a lot of buzz around his name, and I think maybe part of the reason for that is just the fact that it's so obvious that sooner or later the Coyotes are going to trade him because they are awful, they are going nowhere, and it doesn't really behoove them to have a 34-year-old on an expiring contract on their roster past the deadline. Of course, this is the Coyotes we're talking about, so who knows what they're going to do. If I'm the Coyotes, honestly, I'd be looking to trade him right here and right now because, as we mentioned uh, a while ago here, there aren't really a ton of bona fide sellers yet. I think the Coyotes are one of them. They are dead and buried in the standings, and they're pretty much exactly where everybody thought that they would be at this point in the season. So it doesn't really make any sense for the Coyotes to hang on to Kessel for really any longer. And if you've got teams that are needy for some scoring and looking to bring in a veteran and a rental-type player, then they can go to the Coyotes, and and the Coyotes kind of have some leverage right now because, like I said, they're one of the only teams in hockey that I think even right here right now would consider themselves sellers. Uh, But anyway, you know, as for Kessel himself— Um, you know, I think he's somebody who's slowing down a little bit. Obviously, his stats aren't really there this season, only three goals in 18 games, and that's kind of Kessel's MO is, you know, being something of a sniper and, you know, being really lethal with, uh, you know, his one-timer, and I just don't see that continuing for really all that much longer. I do think he's slowing down a little bit, and that only makes sense given his age. Uh, It could also be part of the reason that, you know, the fact that he's on the Coyotes, maybe there's not a ton of motivation there right now, Um, but... You know, you look at Kessel, he's somebody who hasn't always really had a reputation as being the best conditioned player in the NHL, and maybe he could get away with that when he was younger, but again, now the fact that he's starting to get older, firmly into his mid-30s here, uh, I don't think his conditioning is going to improve at any point this season. He's somebody that I think could wear down uh, down the stretch this season, and of course, that's when the Rangers are going to need him. If they trade for him now, uh, that's one thing, but if they were to end up trading him near the de- trade deadline, uh, they're looking for him to come in and provide a spark and provide a boost, and I just don't know that 34-year-old Phil Kessel is the best option to do that, so... That's kind of where I stand on it. I mean, there are some positives, and I, I think we do have to acknowledge them. Uh, for starters, he is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He won both of his cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he's been a big-time performer in the playoffs as well. He's played in 96 career Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, he scored 34 goals, dished out 47 assists, and he's got 81 total points in those 96 career Stanley Cup playoff games. But again, I'm just not really that big on this. I mean, again, it would all depend on you know the asking price and what would the Rangers have to give up and all that stuff, but... I'm not breaking the bank or really doing anything close to breaking the bank uh, just to bring in Phil Kessel for, you know, half a season here, especially when I think there could be some better options available like this guy. And that's going to be Vladimir Tarasenko. And actually, just one other thing about Kessel real quick. He's had a reputation, fairly or unfairly, this has kind of built up over the years, as not always necessarily being the most uh, liked player in his locker room. And, you know, given the fact that the Rangers seem to have a really strong locker room, these guys seem tight, they seem like they've got each other's backs out there. Uh, It seems like a very close-knit bunch. I don't know about introducing, you know, something of a wild card in Phil Kessel. Like I said, I mean, there's two sides to every story, and... Some of the reports that he's not always the most well-liked player, they could be a little bit exaggerated, but again, a little bit of a wild card, and I just don't know that he's going to be, you know, this high-scoring monster to justify uh, bringing in a a player that at least has some question marks uh, in that department. But yes, on to Vladimir Tarasenko here. Tarasenko is 29 years old. He has played 17 games with the St. Louis Blues this season, scored seven goals, and dished out seven assists. He's a minus one. He also has 15 hits and 14 blocked shots. And as for his contract, he is in the second to last year of an eight-year, $60 million contract, and so he carries an annual cap hit of $7.5 million. Uh, The problem, or something that's at least a hurdle here, if you sign Vladimir Tarasenko, is the fact that 
he would not be a rental. He would not just be here for this season. He'd be here for next season as well. And some of you might say, what's the problem there? That's a good thing. And it very well could be. You know, Vladimir Tarasenko is off to a nice start this season, despite playing on a team that he no longer wants to play for. More on that in a second as well. Uh, the one thing that makes this a little bit of a hurdle, though, if you bring in Tarasenko, if you make this trade happen and you're the Rangers, then he will be here for the rest of the season. And next season, we also know that Ryan Strom is an unrestricted free agent when the season ends. And given the fact that the Rangers will then be paying $7.5 million per season to Tarasenko, it probably steals Ryan Strom's fate, and he's probably not coming back next season. And again, there might be some of you who are not bothered by that. You think it's time to uh, move in a different direction there. I, I happen to be a Strom fan, and you know the Rangers are a little bit thin at center. If you take any single one of the Rangers centers away. Uh, it does leave a pretty gaping hole in the lineup, particularly Strom or Mika Zibanejad. Uh, but yeah, bringing in Tarasenko, I don't know how you bring in Tarasenko and then also fit in Ryan Strom under the cap next season, especially when you have something of an eye on the future and you eventually need to pay Kako and, and pay Lafreniere and some of these other young players on the New York Rangers. So I think if Tarasenko is brought in via a trade, it pretty much seals the deal that Ryan Strom will be gone after this season or maybe even gone at the trade deadline this year. You know, that's possible. And I think at some point in the future, I plan on doing a Ryan Strom episode, and we'll kind of debate what the Rangers should do with him. They could A, extend him, B, hang on to him through the trade deadline and through the end of the season, or C, trade him at or near the trade deadline. I think all three, you could make a case for any of those three options, and like I said, that's a future episode, but I did want to at least bring it up here that for anybody that might want to bring in Tarasenko, I get the feeling that if he is brought in, uh, we will not see Ryan Strom back as a New York Ranger next season. And there, I'm sure there's varying opinions on you know whether that's worth it or not, um, but and again, we'll, we'll save that for another episode. As for Tarasenko himself, uh, and one other thing that I should mention real quick here is that it's possible the Rangers could bring in Tarasenko and then trade him in the offseason. You know, somebody would come knocking for Vladimir Tarasenko and pick him up on a one-year contract for sure. I think the Rangers would be able to move him, so that's an option you could go down as well. Uh, but something else I want to talk about as it pertains to Tarasenko. We mentioned with Phil Kessel, um, you know, he's at times, I think, rubbed teammates the wrong way and not necessarily the hardest working player off the ice in the NHL. I, I think that's definitely fair to say. Uh, with Tarasenko, he's made no bones about it throughout this entire offseason. He wants out of St. Louis. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily softened his stance on the matter. I think it's at least possible. Uh, I know that he was upset a few years ago when he didn't get the captaincy, and it just hasn't always been smooth sailing between the Blues and between Tarasenko. The good news here or maybe bad news if you're a Ranger fan you're looking to acquire him, is that Tarasenko is off to a really nice start this season. As we mentioned, seven goals and seven assists through his first 17 games. Now, obviously, that means that he's playing well and he could come to New York and help the Rangers right away. But by that same token, the fact that he's off to a good start, uh, that just gives the Blues all the right to ask for all that much more in a potential trade. And on top of that... The Blues are in a very different position than the Coyotes. The Blues won the Stanley Cup just a couple of years ago, and I'm sure they're looking to add another one. I'm sure that's the goal coming into the season for the Blues, and that's going to be a pretty tough sell to that fan base to trade Vladimir Tarasenko unless you're getting something really significant in return. And when you consider the fact that Tarasenko, again, he's got two years left on his deal, it's not a ridiculous amount of money, $7.5 million for the production that Tarasenko gives you. I don't think the Blues are just going to you know, except draft picks and some mid-level prospects. I mean, they're going to want something pretty significant in return for Vladimir Tarasenko. And I just don't know that the Rangers would necessarily do that, given Tarasenko's price tag. I mean, it almost kind of harkens back to everything that I said about Jack Eichel. Now, Tarasenko seems to be healthy now, and, you know, we hope that Jack Eichel gets healthy as well, and he'll get to do his thing with the uh, Knights there. But, you know, 
it is kind of a hefty price to pay for Tarasenko. It kind of handcuffs you as far as other things that you could do, and you'd have to sell the farm to bring him in. I mean, not necessarily sell the farm, but you guys know what I mean. There's going to be some significant pieces going back in the other direction for any trade for Vladimir Tarasenko. But with that said, uh, Tarasenko would immediately make the Rangers a much, much better team. Uh, the right wing is obviously hurting right now. We know that Sammy Blaze out for the season. There's no more Buchnevich. There's no more Blackwell. Uh, Kako seems to be taking steps forward, but... I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know about having Barclay Goodrow on the top line for the rest of the season. I like Goodrow. I like what he brings to the table. But I think that's fair to say that bringing Vladimir Tarasenko to play with Mika and Kreider, I think that's a little bit more exciting than having Barclay Goodrow up there with them. So the case can be made. I, I think it's a situation where the Rangers, I don't know that they would pull the trigger on this. But if they feel like they have a chance to you know, maybe be a cup contender this season or as, as soon as next season, since Tarasenko will still be under contract next season, then maybe you pull the trigger, especially if you feel like the price is somewhat reasonable. I don't see this happening, but something that I don't think could be ruled out completely either. Who knows? Maybe Drury has an ace up his sleeve. Uh, maybe you get Tarasenko for a little bit less than you think you're going to be able to get him for. Obviously, the Rangers and Blues already struck a deal this offseason, the Buchnevich trade. So Drury and the Ranger front office, familiar with the Blues front office. I don't know. It's something that's definitely intriguing to me. I like Tarasenko as a player. Just not so sure I'd be willing to give up what the Rangers would, in all likelihood, have to give up to bring him in. Uh, but we'll continue you talking about some other Ranger trade targets in just a second, but first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Here's a name that's going to seem like it's a little bit out of left field, and it kind of is, but I think it's one that could make more sense than it might initially appear. And it is a former Ranger. It's not Derek Broussard. I, anybody that's been listening to this podcast uh, for any amount of time, you'll get that joke. But a former Ranger that I could see them potentially bringing back into the fold at or near the trade deadline this season, Colin Blackwell. We mentioned him a couple of times earlier in this episode. Now, at first glance, I will admit this may not make a lot of sense, but just stick with me here for just a second. Uh, for starters, Blackwell so far this season has not really played a whole lot with the Kraken. He missed a good chunk of the season with a lower body injury. He's played three games. He's got one goal and no assists. He is also in the final year of a two-year $1.45 million contract that carries an average annual cap hit of $725,000. And again, there might be some people that hear this and think like, wait a minute, the, the Kraken just took Colin Blackwell from the New York Rangers in the expansion draft. Why would they then turn around and just trade him right back to the Rangers? Well, a couple of reasons. For starters, when it comes to taking a player from the Rangers in the expansion draft this year, if you're the Seattle Kraken, there wasn't anybody that I think got the, 
front office all that excited. I mean, I could be wrong about that, but the Rangers were in a good spot when it came to the expansion draft because they had so many key players that had played two or fewer seasons in the NHL, which meant they were automatically exempt. And the Rangers protected all their key players, and it really came down to protecting either Rooney, Blackwell, or Gautier. They chose to protect Rooney. The Kraken chose to then take uh, Blackwell in the expansion draft. But Colin Blackwell is 28 years old. He's barely even played in the NHL. I mean, if you look at his career stats... He's only played 83 career games. He's only got 33 points. So I can't imagine when the Kraken picked Blackwell in this draft that, again, the front office members were doing cartwheels and celebrating and popping champagne bottles, nothing like that. I mean, I think they were just hoping that he would come in and be a solid role player, but this is an expansion team. Colin Blackwell is 28 years old, and he's barely played in the NHL. I don't think they're married to Colin Blackwell over there, and I get the feeling that they would probably take a draft pick in exchange for Colin Blackwell, you know, maybe like a fourth-rounder kind of deal. And if you're the Rangers, I mean— he costs nothing. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, so you can cross that bridge when you get to it. I don't. I certainly don't think he'll break the bank come free agency, but this is somebody who kind of clicked with this team last year. He came up with some pretty big goals and some pretty big moments. Uh, he had some time with Panarin and Strom, so he got the Panarin bump, and by no means am I advocating for Colin Blackwell to come in here and take Capo Caco's spot in the second line. I absolutely would not do that, but it's funny to think that you know if Blackwell were to come back to the Rangers, he could end up on that top line with Kreider and Mika. The way things stand right now, uh, of course, you know, again, Blay being out for the season, Buchnevich no longer being here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He could be out there on the top line on certain nights, or he could be a healthy scratch on certain nights because the Rangers, you know, they've had a good season, and I don't think you want to take guys that have contributed to that right out of the lineup, uh, especially for, again, Colin Blackwell, who, uh, even though he played well for the Rangers last year, certainly not a superstar player, but it's just interesting. You know, he's somebody that could, again, play that versatile role, somebody that can kind of move up and down the lineup pretty freely. Again, maybe there's certain nights where he's watching from the press box, but I just don't think it would cost that much to bring in Colin Blackwell, and they had something last season. You know, Colin Blackwell got really hot for this team for a while. He adds a little bit of speed to the team, and, you know, again, I think it, I think the players in the locker room would probably be into that too. Um, it seems like a pretty tight-knit bunch in there, as we've talked about in the past. And I just get the feeling that they'd be into that move and they'd welcome him back with open arms. And who knows, maybe he catch lightning in a bottle twice if you're the Rangers. It must be said that Blackwell tailed off down the stretch last season. But for a while there, he was a big-time contributor for this team. And it would be interesting to see him come back. And you combine that with the fact that I don't think it would take a whole lot to get him. Something that I think the Rangers should at least consider. And while we're talking about the Kraken, again, I think it's a team that's open for business. They're probably still kind of tinkering with things and trying to get a team in place that they want. Um, this is not a name that's going to get anybody excited, but I'm going to throw it out anyway. Kelly Yarncrook. And the reason nobody's going to be excited about this is because he has done absolutely nothing this season. He's played 12 games. He has no points, and he's a minus eight overall. Now, you'll hear this and say, why in the world would the Rangers ever trade for this guy? And I'm kind of with you. The reason I want to at least throw him out there as a possibility is that we've seen Yarncrook as recently as last season produce like a middle six forward. Uh, he had 28 points in 49 games with the National Predators last season. He spent his entire career with the Preds. He's He's got 211 points in 520 games. Uh, again, it's not going to jump off the page, but he has been just so anemic this season that I think you could get him for basically nothing. You can't tell me the Kraken have any interest in hanging on to a guy that is 30 years old and has just a complete lack of production this season. So for the price alone and the fact that you could get him for absolutely nothing and make kind of a buy low of all buy low kind of trades, um, I think it's at least worth a look. If you're just looking for you know a depth piece, a depth forward for this Ranger team. So just wanted to throw that out there. I'm not going to be waving the flag for this or anything like that, but it's an idea. And on top of that, Yarn Crook is in the final year of his contract that carries an average annual cap hit of just $2 million. So he's obviously cheap as well. And one other name that I want to throw out there, and it's a name that's come up several times really, is Dylan Strom. 
The general consensus seems to be that the Blackhawks are going to be trading Strom at some point. He's been off to a little bit of a slow start with them this season. He has just one goal and one assist in his first 10 games played. Uh, two points, obviously. He's a minus one overall. Um, and obviously, he's also the younger brother of Ryan Strom. Now, it must be said, Dylan Strom, despite being the number three overall pick in 2015, uh, he's yet to really play like it. Uh, he's now seven years into his NHL career, spent the first three with the Coyotes, spent the last four with the Chicago Blackhawks. He only has 124 career points in 214 games. It's not a completely anemic total, but certainly when you draft somebody number three overall, you're expecting more than that. And so far... Strom just is what he is. He's kind of a guy that's, you know, a third-line player probably. But, you know, if you listen to Chris Jury, that's what he's in the market for. He's in the market for somebody who could fill a middle six role. And you got to figure just by the simple fact that he's got this great draft pedigree, once again, the number three overall pick back in 2016, there's got to be at least some upside when it comes to Dylan Strom. And I don't know if being a late bloomer is something that runs in the family or not, but we've obviously seen that from Ryan Strom. Uh, it just seems to get better and better with basically every passing season since he's come over to the New York Rangers. Had all the looks of just a, uh, you know, career journeyman type player, and he's established himself as a pretty legitimate top six forward uh, in this league. And we don't know what's going to happen with Ryan in the future, whether he'll be with the Rangers or not, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him remain in a top six role, either with the Rangers next season or with somebody else. Uh, but with Dylan Strom, you know, you have kind of the brother dynamic there with Ryan Strom. And like I said, there's enough upside where I, I think it's something that's, that's kind of intriguing. You know, Dylan Strom, you hear that he's already been in the NHL for seven years. You think, oh man, maybe he's getting up there a little bit. He's still just 24 years old, won't be 25 until March. And again, somebody that I think the Rangers, it's a prime buy low uh, uh opportunity here because like we were just talking about he's yet to live up to career expectations but he is just 24 years old and I don't think the Blackhawks could really ask for a whole heck of a lot in return because Strom just doesn't have the numbers to back it up and as far as his contract is concerned Strom is in the final year of a two-year six million dollar deal with the Chicago Blackhawks he carries an average annual cap hit of three million dollars and uh, he will be a restricted free agent at the end of this season. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot to like here, and he is a restricted free agent at the end of this season. So it is possible that, you know, maybe the Rangers see a buy-low opportunity here. The only thing that's a little bit awkward about this is it'd be really just kind of strange if he ends up taking his brother's spot on this team because, as we mentioned, Ryan Strom is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. You bring in Dylan. Uh, maybe you do some kind of a deal with him being a restricted free agent at the end of the season. You keep him in the fold long term, and there's no more room left for his brother. So that could be a little bit awkward, I guess. But uh, bottom line, it's an opportunity to buy low, and it's somebody that should come in and, in a worst-case scenario, at least be able to give you middle six minutes and do a decent job with it. Uh, hopefully, you know, playing on a far better team than the Coyotes or the Blackhawks will kind of uh, ignite some new life into Dylan Strom. He'll be out there with better players than he's currently playing with in Chicago. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. We will take a look at some other New York Ranger trade options at some point in the future. I just wanted to kind of get ahead of the game a little bit here before the trades start flying. It's not really hot stove season, as I was talking about, but, you know, all these teams are always open for business, and I thought it'd be fun to just kind of throw out some names that the Rangers could look at. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Locked on bets. 
your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.